Welcome to the PR Moment Podcast. Produced in association with the Marketeers Network. Welcome to the PM Podcast. Today we're chatting to Mark Bukowski in a regular, potentially regular slot anyway, where we review some of the biggest stories in the media recently. For those of you that don't know, Mark's had a stellar PR career, starting as a publicist in the theatre, and he's now run Bukowski PR for something like 32 years. Before we start, the PMN Awards 2023 early entry deadline is coming up on the 16th of December. Do check out the awards website, pmnawards.com, for all the details. And thanks so much to our PMN podcast sponsors, the PRCA. Mark, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me back again, Ben. It's been, I don't know how many years it's been, but it has been, a, it's been too long a gap. Well, time travels too quickly. Exactly. Um, So, Mark, one of the biggest themes in the media at the moment, um, and it has big implications, both PR and journalists, I think, is what happens if Twitter fails? What what, what do you reckon on that one? You know, just precursing that, I just think that um, I was talking to my old pal Trevor Beattie the other night over too many cocktails, uh, the man that gave us um, some of the greatest iconic advertising of an age, and we, we were talking about the sort of uh, lack of curiosity there seems to be in the news because every day, every day is, in, every day is a news day is, is, is clearly a school day. Um, and we have to be connected with it and we have to break out of our bubbles um, to really have, you know, a, a great perception of the news. And of course, the thing that we've become very reliant on uh, and sometimes it skews us in a specific direction is Twitter. And uh, there's uh, a huge amount of hype. There's a huge amount of uh, interest in what Elon Musk is doing. Um, will will some of the baddies be allowed back in, like Donald Trump? Um, what you know? How will it operate with all these people being uh, asked to reapply to work and mass sackings? Um, but we are getting a sense of just how big and important Twitter has become to us in terms of feeding out news, generating stories, having some sort of idea of the reputation of our clients, how we stand in the world, even within our confined um, bubble, and even with these storms are are quite profound. But if it goes, I think just just think of that for a moment. If it it fails and people say, oh, of course, you spent all this money on it, it's not going to fail. Um, and we'll be able to go on to another platform uh, like Mastodon or whatever. You know, I just think it sort of doesn't give us a true impact of how it would fundamentally change how PR has grown to be reliant on Twitter and many of the other social platforms, Facebook for an older audience, Instagram, um, and of course, TikTok. Um, and even for newspapers who use the feed to generate clicks back at their publications. Um, it is a <laughs> significant it's a significant tool that I think we've begun to underestimate. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you've got a point. I mean, on the when I'm looking when a breaking story um, is happening, I go to Twitter. Right. That That is the, the, the news feed of choice, I think, for, for most people these days, isn't it? Um, and as you say, so many 
um i mean I, you know every article will every week i should say we will have a number of articles where um tweets are embedded and and that they they act as a a peg to put the story to and all the rest of it um and as and again yeah you're right there it's still a pretty important intersection between where pr people and journalists meet and uh, and compare notes or whatever else isn't it so and, and, and contact through direct yeah messages and even you know there are stuck at Paddington station last night was the first thing that I do I look to I, I go to GWR helpline and I look at what everyone else is saying around it you know you know hashtagging Paddington and that's how I found out what the problem was and um so I think that um we we are we are in a place where we we get to a point now we take things for granted um and we just expect them to be there habitual things that people do to consume messages, to consume entertainment, to consume media, um, that will resonate and will stay put, maybe not in the vast numbers, um, but that will be important. And so, you know, I always say when people say to me, well, I want to get into my son or daughter wants to get into PR, what should they do? What, you know, what should, what exam should they look at? What college should they go to? I said, become an anthropologist. Because this is all about understanding human behavior. And uh, Twitter being a sewer it is, you know, really is a mirror on the worst type of human behavior. But it, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, though. I mean, a lot of the social media and maybe all sorts of media consumption, when you're reading stuff, you never quite know how useful the thing that you're reading or watching is going to be, do you? But but quite a bit of the stuff that, that the 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 the, the things that makes me know know a little bit about PR and the media and all the rest of it, I do pick up via Twitter, if you see what I mean, probably LinkedIn a bit as well these days. But um, just spending time on a platform, you do waste a lot of time, but there's those little nuggets that you pick up that you you do, I, well, I use in my in my work anyway. I mean, just looking at Elton, uh, Elon Musk, uh, I should say, um, you've been in the, in the publicist game a long time. Do you look at, at 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 him in awe, frankly, about how he just keeps spinning that publicity game? I, I think it's about power and scale, and I think once someone has managed to create a phenomenon, create that sort of crowd, create that financial backbone and that ability—I mean, you know—to um, be able to do whatever they want, whether it's J.K. Rowling in publishing. Um, whether it's Elon Musk in tech, whether it's Jeff Bezos, whatever, you know, um, it, it's a scale of that. And every generation throws up one of those enormous personalities who in times is bigger, bigger than the media that actually wants to bring him down. Um, and, you know, I think it would be impossible to topple um, Elon Musk. Um, and I think, ironically, I don't think you're going to topple David Beckham um, around the rate is sort of kerfuffle uh, of Qatar and the Joe, uh, Joe Lysis thing. We'll talk about that a bit in a minute. Yeah. So I think that... But do you think Elon Musk deliberately plays that that publicity game, if you like, or, or is think, he just doing his thing? I think he... I think it's not about the publicity game. I think certain people have what I call the stuff. Um, and that stuff is to understand themselves and the power of messaging and understanding his audience, who his key audience is, and his ability, obviously, to, to make money and be on the zeitgeist, you know, with his ambition to set up colonies on Mars 
and the SpaceX, you know, industry, um, the idea of, you know, he was never first with the idea of the electric car, um, but he he had the right ideas at the right time, but he understood people, he understood how to make money, and he was secure in himself. I think the problem comes when you're in a crisis or any individual who actually isn't determined enough about who they are um, to stick with that plan and stick with it and are affected and um, sort of veer off um, the game plan. Right. And, and uh, that, that's, a... That, that's a true might of, a, of a, a considerable figure who becomes bigger than the argument. A seamless link to Matt Hancock, which I can't quite resist, Mark. Um, what, what have you made about his latest reinvention attempt on I'm a Celeb? It, as far as I can see, it's going to work with great sadness, isn't it? Well, no, it's not going to work, ultimately. I think that if we if you just, just go to Wikipedia and actually look at all the sort of contestants, the winners and losers in I'm a Celebrity, um, the winners out of this are ITV. It was a brilliant booking. Um, he had nowhere else to go. He's a despicable a politician to leave his constituents behind in all this bullshit that, that we've been listening about dyslexia that he wants to magnify. Uh, this is a man who's on other reality formats as well. He's also um, taken part in SAS Who Dares Wins, which is a really quite tough format. I believe done quite well on that as well. Um, this is a man in search of a career. I wrote a piece in The Guardian about it, you know, nearly eight months ago. He he was trying to rehabilitate, being trying to rehabilitate himself. He's trying to look for something to do because he knows his political career is over. But if you just look at the booking and the fact that we are talking about it today, so are hundreds of houses, so are hundreds of radio stations, local newspaper, clickbait. That is driving advertising to the final programmes. That is making this format the format that advertisers want to be in because, you know, advertisers don't really want to spend the money on linear TV any longer. And of course, the power of these programmes are in the edits, in the mediated content that we are sent. Um, and he's got a very interesting TikTok and social campaign um, telling uh, his audience what to do to keep him in. It's very, it's full of instructions, uh, particularly on TikTok. There's a younger audience who are perhaps not politically aware and buy into his personality. But the people who come out of um, I'm a Celebrity and do well are usually comedians, uh, usually younger, um, more telegenic individuals, the Scarlet Moffats of the way, the Georgina Toffolos, uh, the Jake Quickendons, um, the people that have line and length in it. I can't see him hosting the next late night sort of uh, show on TV. Um, he's got a high opinion of himself. And uh, we have a monitor. It's quite interesting. We have a reputation monitor. Um, and I was looking at it this morning. And the messaging is clear. His charitable messaging and his issue-based messaging is straight down the line but the heat the heat still is around the negativity that is still there um that isn't moving is mistakes he made as health secretary um his mistakes he made as a politician um his effects on the cost of living and uh the effect that he had in terms of um uh, the, the the pandemic so if you're an individual looking at Matt Hancock for a long-term view, you'd have to think, well, the audience hasn't changed their view about him. He might have got some messages across. He might own the headlines at the moment because that is being driven 
by ITV to maximize their advertising revenue and to maximize the conversation and to extract every penny they have spent on him being in the jungle. Right. So, um, so it's the best book. Uh, all this dies down. Um, I don't think we'll be seeing Matt Hancock on a, on a prime time. He'll be doing, you know, he'll be on a sort of semi low rate, sort of Michael Patillo doing some sort of food program or whatever. So um, I quite like that. A, a low rate Michael Portillo. Oh, there's always Panto. There's always yeah. Panto. That, that could work. The more I think about that, the more that might be able to work. Um, but no, it's an interesting point. I, I mean, I got, my, I think my mum watches I'm a Celeb basically because Matt Hancock's on it. Um, she doesn't like him. She's just quite intrigued by him. But maybe that's the same for the rest of the country. Um, what about David Beckham and, and Qatar then, Mark? It has the shot finally I come back. off Golden Balls. Yeah, going going back to that conversation about Musk. Um, I think David Beckham, something I've learned in terms of... Um, my work over the years is that you, you 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 put a pair of glasses on and you're reading the media in your own territory. So you're you're reading sort of UK focused media. Um, in this day and age, recognize that there are markets all over the world, and if you're an international superstar which Beckham was. I mean, he was huge in Japan. Obviously, his days in Spain, Real Madrid, days in America, now as a football franchise in America. Um, you know, he isn't a UK name. So whenever a storm um, starts arising, particularly from a UK British lens, that's only one market. And sad to report, that isn't one of the biggest markets in the world. And, 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 it was the same with lots of sort of people who have created themselves a negative situation. They've rebuilt themselves in Asia. They've built themselves maybe in the Arab states, um, out of Turkey, and they've got a sizable living. Um, so with Beckham, he's a global name. He's recognizable in, in every country in the world. And they'll have a completely, completely different perspective of Qatar, because let's think how Qatar actually um, got the license to, well, got the franchise of the World Cup because of all the African nations, all the third world nations voting them through. So, you know, the lens of the the hypocrisy, which I think FIFA sort of embraces. And of course, he's gone for the big ticket because, like, you know, he needs the money. <laughs> you know, he's got a big operation to keep afloat. It's a very difficult thing to do. And if he no longer is a gay icon, would he have made a pragmatic decision about it? My marketplace now is America. My marketplace is 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 Asia and Arab. I maybe I have to sort of uh, not worry about a British comedian like Joe Lysis causing me some problems and attitudes allowing my front cover to be shredded. It it served me well in my journey. I'm being really really quite cynical about this. I do apologise. It served my journey. Where's my journey now going to be? And um, I don't think he's got a clear view of his legacy, which is a whole different gameplay. Um, he's not a sporting politician. He is a he's he's he's, he's a dynasty. Um, look at his kids now getting involved. Um, so um, well, you've, you've I, I don't, I don't a, think... a, a part of a strategic plan, perhaps. Uh, but what do you make of, of Joe Lysett's stunt? I mean, that was it was pretty good, wasn't it? I mean, Brilliant. is Joe Lysett better at PR than he is at comedy? Do you think? I think I think he's a he's a he's a he's a talented comedian. I think um, you know as 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 comedy is the new rock and roll and has been for ages. He's 
he, he's up there as a middle of the road act and he does quite well. Um, I thought it was so, it was so authentic. It was so well thought through. It can you know, great publicity stunts are not there flashing the pan in the moment where everybody in the PR world understands it, claps everybody, knows people working at that company and slaps them on the back and gives them the high five on LinkedIn and they win an award or two. It's whether or not a publicity stunt changes things, changes attitudes, and it captures the media for a chunk of time um, because, and I think that did, we'd be talking about it, you know, for a good to 10 day period. And it has changed the attitude of David Beckham in this country and is brought to light some of the issues um, that Joe Lysa keeps caught ahead. So, yes. And did he or did he not um, burn it? Well, he revealed so beautifully. We had an event, a pseudo event that had a beautiful reveal and a beautiful moment that allowed him to explain his standpoint and what he was doing and how he invested that money and he didn't really shred it. So massive it, round of applause to him. It was so, it was so smoothly done. I thought either you or Taylor Herring were behind it, but I, I don't think either of you were. But um, No, I don't yeah. know. I, I mean, I, maybe someone gave him some advice. If they did, they're, they're very well tuned to it. And I think most people are now. I mean, you know, um, everybody looks at something and think, you know, is there a publicity center? And that's when things, you know, don't really succeed. Because for a pseudo event, which I prefer to call it, happens, it, it injects the, uh, into the conversation and we're not talking about it being could it or could it not be a publicity stunt. It is real and it has an effect and it moves, moves, moves things and change things. It doesn't sell more shit that we don't need. It doesn't, you know, but it actually does something. A stunt, you know, changes and affects society. And I think that's that's where what people want to be involved with now, rather than not sort of selling more cars or more TVs or or, um, or more bottles of beer. Well, indeed, it's Black Friday, isn't it? Um, we were chatting before about the creative stunts. I mean, do, do you really think every creative idea has now been done to death? Um, sorry, I should say creative media stunt um, as ever, idea has, has been uh, done to death. Um, if it hasn't been done to death, it's been forgotten about and re reimagined. I, I think that um, there are there are elements to a pub, to a creative publicity stunt that remain the same. You know, shocking people, surprising people, using celebrity, using controversy, using. Um, the power of the news agenda, um, looking at societal beliefs, they're, they're all there. And I think those things don't change. Those motivations that um, awaken our inner primeval state are still there. Hence my anth anthropological reference earlier on. If you understand human emotions, you know, and, um, you know, great propaganda propagandists get to people's hearts and get to how people feel about something and succeed. The news agenda and societal and cultural changes refresh um, the ideas of what a stunt might look like in a specific age. So um, the, the motivations never change that, that generate great creativity, but it's a cultural context and where society is, both politically and socially, that actually can drive the success of a stunt. Brilliant. Mark Bukowski, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Ben. Thanks for listening to the PR Moment podcast, produced in association with the Marketeers Network.
you'd enjoyed the show, please do review us on iTunes and give us a decent rating.